0: Before we start today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, which is a podcaster's best friend. Trust me when I tell you this Zencaster is like a Shopify for podcasters. It's all you need to get up and running as a podcaster. And the best thing about Zencaster is that you get so much stuff for free. If you're planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link zen.ai slash founder thesis. That's zen.ai
1: slash founder thesis. Hi Akshay, I'm Akash Gupta. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Zip Electric.
0: One minute, Don't This could be a great intro. Every time there's a massive technology shift in an industry, it leads to a new set of dominant players. There was a time when radio was the prominent method of broadcast and there were large radio companies. And then the shift to television happened. And surprisingly, the large radio companies are not companies that people would even know about today. It's the television companies which became large and then they got disrupted with the shift to streaming. A similar shift is currently happening in the automotive sector, where electric vehicles are coming in and replacing traditional gas-burning vehicles. And this is leading to the next generation of large companies getting formed. And one of those large companies is going to be Zip Electric. Akash Gupta started Zip Electric as an electric mobility solution for commuters to go from a metro station to their office or, you know, like the last mile connectivity between public transport and the office location. He pivoted and became a logistics company. Today, Zip Electric is present in more than 10 cities doing 10,000 orders on a daily basis. And this is a testament to the value proposition of going electric. And this is a fascinating conversation with Akash about his journey from being in an offline sales role with Airtel and then moving into the digital world with Snapdeal and then MobiQuick before starting Zip. Here's Akash talking about just before he decided to become a founder while he was heading marketing for MobiQuick.
1: Work was never a concern. I was always a hard worker, which never deterred me. You know, if I have to spend 18 hours on a problem, I will spend that. Nobody would ask me to to do that. But then, you know, spending so much time for, you know, someone else or building another company, I thought that possibly I can build of my own. And if not now, then when, right? I can continue to say I will want to build. Now, this, you know, was a huge transition from working in a corporate world to starting up. You straight away go down to zero and then you need to build your equity again, which has a huge risk of failure because you have a good equity. If you fail, you have to restart with a failure, which is very tough. But then um, the calling was stronger that you have to do this. And which is why I I, I was always on a lookout of a lot of ideas, right? I I wanted to, um, you know, experience things, what is happening worldwide, what is India, how we can solve the major problems, right? So, worked on a bunch of ideas. Actually, if you ask me, before starting up also, I worked on a few ideas just as a project that if I want to do something, then will it be in edtech? So, I created an edtech pitch. I went to a few schools, colleges to pitch something. Then I worked into fashion space. You know, something in the fashion space where in fact my co-founder today and my wife Rashi, she started a company called Let's Flond. And this was ideally thought which was behind both both of us thinking. But she was the front face and she was the execution. I was kind of, you know, testing out the waters of a startup with her within Let's Flaunt, But obviously I was fully working at my job. But what did you identify as like, you know, the gap? So to say, sure, yeah. So, so the gap that I identified was last mile mobility. Right? I saw that people want to go from point A to point B, but every time if they take out their car and travel that distance, it's it's a lot of traffic and lot of pollution creation happening. If there are there are small vehicles, small electric vehicles available for people to go go for these distances, which are shared vehicles rather than owned vehicles, it could be super exciting. There were. Some rages like this happening in the larger world also, right? In in uh, foreign countries also. Some of this has started, you know, happening, right? And which is what? Like a bike share, like Rapido, but with EVs. And with self right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when this came along in my head, you know, frankly, I could not sleep for a few days, right? I was just, you know, Googling. I was, you know, looking at the Indian market. I was looking at mobility. I was looking at EVs, sustainability, cycles, bunch of things, technology, globe. So yeah, three, four nights were crazy. And then I decided that now is the time. This has to be done. An app-driven shared mobility solution. So yeah, and, and then I had to pull along Rashi. Uh, right uh, who's who's my co-founder she was traveling at that time and and that's actually when I got a lot more time to myself uh, where I could uh, you know give a lot of time to think internalize and when this came along I I it took almost a month for me to convince her first right that this could be exciting she is so so we are very different as personalities why because I am more of the vision and she'll be Kaise hoga? Ye ho I am the you know insane guy and she'll she will bring the sanity and that's how the match is happening right and that's how there's sanity in the business for the last four and a half years also I can say so
0: uh, this was I guess uh, like Yulu Bounce these were all Similar businesses starting up around that time only, right? Around that time.
1: You know, so Yulu actually launched three, four months after us. So it was that early when we decided and we started building the app, you know, as soon as this
0: thought came in. I hired a few engineers and then we started. Building. But this was such a upfront investment idea. Like this would mean a, a lot of upfront investment. Uh, so like you were, you were ready for like going out, raising funds first or like, how did you think you would build it? Also,
1: I mean, I had invested my initial capital. I, I was ready to invest some of my initial capital about 20, 25 lakhs, right? Which to get the prototype out, to get the technology out, to get the few market testing products out. And we did a lot of intensive customer research. We talked to a lot of users. We went to metro stations. We went to colleges. We asked people around that, would you want something like this? It was a coherent yes, right? Because while you pay for a cab for hundred bucks, if you get a bike to travel from point A to point B for 20 bucks, it's a game changer, right? And without any weight, without any traffic so that was super exciting as as an opportunity what i feel um you know and how would you get the inventory
0: of bikes like what was your plan
1: a cycle and a smart lock and the technology um you know 100 bikes plus the tech plus the app plus the initial team was you know okay to run the business for six months six to
0: twelve months with the 25 lakhs initially which is what we invested. The, the 100 bikes what kind? So, so you're talking of uh, e-bikes or like the regular bikes. Normal cycles. So we started with normal okay. cycles. Okay, okay. Okay. Very normal cycles is what we started with and we got smart
1: locks placed on them. We created an app which could unlock those smart locks, right? And then we, uh, we I went to the government, I spoke to them, they tied up that yes, we will give you the metro stations, we'll give you the bus stands, right? We got that contract in So, and then we got a super media mileage when we launched, you know, it came in the Times of India and a bunch of other dailies, right? Coming from marketing. So I could do that, right? And and yeah, it, it picked up really well. People got a great acceptance because we launched sometime in November. While the thought came in in May, we launched it in November. And this was a good winter time when people like to cycle also.
0: People opted
1: something new, you know, and
0: exciting and app driven mm-hmm. And good for health also, like you're getting a workout. Correct. So so it, it picked up very well. I want to know a little bit more. What was the model? Like fixed pickup, fixed drop points or like pick up from fixed points and drop anywhere uh, no pick up and drop points were
1: initially not fixed but then within a month or so we realized that we need to fix them we created
0: geofences where people could pick up from and drop off to right Both- how would you prevent against fraud like someone stealing the cycle or you know what kind of security uh, did you have in place like
1: so we created a pure uh, tech Uh, platform where people would do a sign up, they would do their KYC, they'll put up their Aadhaar card or PAN card. And once that gets validated with their selfies, when they are able to scan the bike and unlock the bike. We had a very small deposit, which we, you know, after 40-45 days, we knocked it off to zero because adoption is always a concern for people pay deposits. So we knocked the deposit off, but then our KYC was the key. You know, Element and our parkings were secured. Usually secured, but at least the geofences were, there was a patrolling officer within the team who would keep checking. And since all these bikes had a GPS tracker in them, we had the visibility of them on a dashboard, right? So if anything goes out of outside of the geofence, there's an alert that will come out, was
0: always working fine. And the lock was like a IoT lock, like it was... IoT, yeah, it was full IoT enabled smart lock that, that we...
1: So that's how the journey of, you know, MobiC was the first brand name that we started with. And then, um, you know, we realized that the Indian audience is more cut out for EVs than cycles. While winters, the cycle works. But then not everyone would hook on to fitness or, you know, cycles all the time going to office coming back from there.
0: Hmm. Especially if you sweat and then you reach the office sweaty. Hmm. Correct. So so within, um, you know, a few months, we introduced electric scooters.
1: And to bring more zinc to the electric scooters, we started calling them Zip. That Mobisi platform which is mobic the thought was mobile cycles. So now you have uh, Zip, which is an electric scooter also on the Mobisi platform. That's how Zip came into the picture, just to bring people's head around that there's something new, the new icon. And scooters were a different ballgame altogether, because now the audience was different. The stickability was different and the, the distances were longer. Obviously, the investment was also bigger. But then we thought that this is a better problem to solve, right? And hence, you know, within six to eight months, we slowly started... And kind of pivoted to electric scooters. Yeah, how did you fund electric scooter acquisition? So electric scooter acquisition funding was, uh, by that time, we had raised some capital. You know, after doing our product market and the initial, you know, 100,000 users that, that we could get on the app, we then uh, got some funds, right? Uh, the initial check came in from a seed investor, which also got us to put some 40-50 scooters on ground. And where also we did a partnership with a company. Which gave us the scooters because they also wanted to test it out. So Scooter OEM came along and they said that we'll give you some 25-30 scooters. You put them out in the market and then let's figure it out. That's how, you know, the first uh, few scooters came along. Then we had some capital. We bought a few more. But then when we wanted to get more, we said that that's when we launched a very interesting program called a Zip Entrepreneur Program right so so we didn't have money to go from 50 to 200 scooters ourselves but then we launched a very interesting thought uh, which came along with one of the discussions within the team that let's ask people to invest we have got 100000 users let's ask everyone that do you want to buy a scooter and put it on our platform, and we pay you a monthly rental, right? So that's how something like that happened, where uh, a lot of uh, people came forward, and they started investing in scooters, right? So from 50 to 200, we reached in about three to four months. Everything sourced to people, everything asset-like, and this, this gave us new wings, right? That we can now have people to invest,
0: and in. we were giving a healthy return to them, which was attractive, which is why they came in, and they did this for us. How how much would you earn on a scooter through rentals on one day? Like how many rides would that scooter be good for? Like what kind of operationally, what were you earning on one scooter in a day?
1: On one scooter, typically we were earning at about 100 rupees a day at that time. We, uh, our scooters were costing at about 50,000 at that time. We were we are asking people to invest 50,000 and then we were paying them almost 1,900 to 2,000 rupees per month, which is what we were paying them. And this was for 36 months. So on a 50,000 investment, you would get 72,000. And also that is coming to you monthly, which means that since it's coming to you month, it's almost a 20-25% return yeah, on an XIRR basis. So people found it attractive. You know, a, a lot of h uh, invested into it, a lot of corporate people who are working invested into it, a lot of my friends invested into it, right? So that kept expanding and uh, that gave us a good feeler that we don't have to actually raise equity every time we want to deploy more scooters. People would want to
0: invest in this new alternative.
1: Platform of investment,
0: and after thirty-six months, when you uh, then the scooter becomes yours, or what happens then? After thirty-six months, we take
1: the scooter, um, you know, at at a pre-decided value. Roughly ten percent residual value is what we offer them, and then we buy the
0: scooter. And uh, what did it cost you in terms of maintenance and the electric uh, bill? Because you would charge them, right? Huh. So so our match
1: was that since we were making about 3,000, our cost was 2,000 and then the operational expenses were again 500, 600 bucks, right? So so we were kind of 300, 400 was the balance that we were making, which is something that we could always think that, you know, today we are charging 100 rupees a day. Tomorrow we can always do 150 rupees a day so that, you know, margins will be made, but let's build the market. initially. That was the end, right? So that's how, you know, we were, um, you know, doing this uh, at that time. It picked up, um, you know, very well and it continued continue to
0: expand. When did you make a pivot? Huh. So so within this, while we were doing this,
1: you know, we were also getting a lot of businesses who were reaching out to us. That And and by that time, we had got a fleet of about 500 EVs, 500 to 700 EVs. Yeah, in Gurga only. Huh. Within gurgaon only. And through this asset-light platform of investors coming into investing. Now, large brands started coming to us like a Zomato or an Amazon or Big Basket would come to us and say that we also have plans to go electric. Can you, um, you know, deploy EVs for us? Right now, there are there were two kinds of you know customers. One was that they said that we don't want the vehicles; we want you to get the vehicles and the drivers so that you can deliver using them. Right. So, which was a slightly different model than what we were doing, where we were just pure play uh, rental. Here, it was a pure play logistics play. Right. So, Zomato and and people like Zomatos were saying that, can you give us only bikes? Right. So, two customers were coming one wanted only the bikes the second one we wanted the full throttle logistics um you know services now while we were doing both of those things at that time right we started doing the logistics also because amazon and big basket were great brands to work with we could not say no we at least said that and it was a big debate within us right as a management team and the core team we said that should we ever think of managing drivers also because that's a very different uh, we spoke to our investors also at that time and they were also not confident that why you know we should do this so at that time but then um, you know since the opportunity was attractive we said that we will do a small pilot of 30 40 bikes we'll manage 30 40 drivers uh, in one or two hubs a small pilot to to run the show we did that uh, this was december november december of 19 when we when we were doing this right when we
0: started this how did you onboard the drivers and was it on payroll or was it like gig workers paper delivery They were gig workers. They were gig
1: workers, right? We started on a gig model because we learned it from the market that gig model always works for them to drive more, you know, and do more uh, business. And this business, since we were also getting paid like a gig model where when we deliver, we get our, uh, we earn. So we kind of built that. We hired a few folks from the industry who were in the logistics side. And we said that you guys build the team, you guys run the show and uh, and show us that you, you know, the EV works, right? So we, we were essentially solving the problems of EV It is logistics was solved by so many people, but EV adoption was something which was not solved. And our interest was to solve the logistics side of things, uh, sorry, the EV side of things, that how to get this driver educated, how to get the batteries how to get the charging, how to build the infrastructure, what vehicle will work for logistics. Those were the things that we were, you know, looking to solve. And we continue to focus on those, right? We then, you know, when we started with Amazon Big Basket, there were 20, 20 odd drivers that they were looking for. We put those guys, we ran it for a couple of months, constantly intervened on the, you know, the infra side of things to improve that. And and yes, they also started liking what we were doing, right? And they were now uh, getting confidence that yes, EV works. And there's a player who came forward and who's kind of giving us a path to EV adoption, which is something which was on the radar for us, right? Now, when this started happening, then there was no looking. So so then, you know, every month they were saying that, can you double? Can you more hubs, right? Can you expand? Can you launch Gurgaon uh, from Gurgaon to Noida to Delhi? They were on on, uh, our head now that since you've done one or two hubs well, just continue to expand. And this is where we kind of, you know, took that strong call that let's focus on one business at the moment, right? Rather than running two ships, it's better as a business to focus on one and which was our logistics store, right? So we continue to build that suddenly March, April came in and COVID came forward, right? So it was a big, 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 um, you know, um, I think a dampener which suddenly came in that the business will come to a standstill. But then we quickly realized that essentials is a big story. That delivery is what we are doing. Government is pro-essentials. That's the only way people will survive. So while we were doing Amazon Big Basket, now there were Some 20 more customers who came forward and they said that we want your EV led delivery solution. There was Modern Bazaar, Zodi supermarket, there was Spencer's, Easy Day, bunch of customers came along and we didn't say no to it. Thanks to my team who stood on ground, they said that come what may, we are here to make this happen. And we we stood with them and then we, you know, built better tech around this, better management of drivers around this, you know, made uh, products which are suited only for small businesses also, you know, which is a like pick and drop option, right? So we our tech team also came forward during COVID time and they built some interesting products. And we launched them, right? So, so, so we continue to expand, uh, um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, so, so now I think, uh, where we stand is almost like the largest, you know, EV logistics player, right? With close to 2,000 vehicles deployed already, growing to 5,000 over the next two months, right? So that's where we stand on the EV logistics side, which is EV plus driver business. And then we also have our EV only business, which is also back where, you know, people would want to rent out vehicles. We are now allowing the delivery executives to rent out vehicles. Also
0: like Zomato.
1: Yeah, yeah, the initial of that. So that we complete the full EV story for any one to go electric we are the uh, we are the accelerating path we are the you know ones who are enabling them to go electric we know the tech we know the batteries we know the infrastructure we know the vehicle uh, we know the management of these fleet better than anyone else. And this is the offering that we have. We will take you to EV. You don't have to build your own fleet, right? Is what we do. Uh, And yeah, I mean, uh, recently uh, closed the next round also in that lens, you know, for for fueling from the 1,500, 2,000 vehicles to possibly 15,000 vehicles now over the next uh, 12 months. That's the roadmap that we are on. How much did you raise recently? The most recent round? We raised close to a 7 million, right? Including mostly equity right? 90% equity and a bit
0: of debt. So when pandemic hit, what, what were the number of vehicles you were at? Okay. When pandemic had hit, we were at about 300. Vehicles. So from 300 today, you are at 1500, like a five X. Yeah, wow. To wow. Yeah. Like a, almost yeah. a seven X jump in a year. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. If you talk about our revenues, they have grown from, they've grown 30 X
1: essentially in the last 18 months.
0: Is it that your, uh, Earning per scooter has also increased or is it just because there are more scooters? It is both. You know, earning per scooter has increased much more and uh, the count of scooters obviously. What is the economics of your earning per scooter in this model now?
1: Oh, so in this model typically we earn close to 20000 per vehicle that's the revenue that comes to us right uh, per month and then we pay to the delivery executive close to 13 14000 he takes uh, after deduction of the rental and then there's an additional expense of about 1000 bucks which is operations right so so balance of 5000 bucks is what we essentially can save if the bike is utilized
0: so uh, how do you charge customers do you charge per delivery or like a fixed rental or what like Both. So we have both the options, right? Mostly we like to get a fixed
1: rental uh, for the EV plus driver as a service where it is close to 700 per day, uh, right? Uh, Or more depending on the number of deliveries that go beyond the certain
0: milestone that we offer them. Otherwise, a few of the large customers. 700 includes both EV and driver. Yeah. Like there's no no extra incentive for the driver based on some target or something. There is, there is, there is. So
1: beyond, so this is for X number of deliveries. If we go beyond X, then we get more, right? And he also gets more. That is one. Uh, plus there are some customers who are big enough. They have enough orders. There we charge on a paper delivery model also. But the idea is to get the driver happy, to get the maths right for the vehicle, to utilize it much more because the good part is, since the vehicle is ours, we can use it in the morning. We can use it in the night. We can use it in the daytime. It's all take right? So the
0: utilization sits on our shoulders. You can have more than one driver for a vehicle, like someone doing a morning shift, someone doing a night shift, stuff like that. We have that. We have that in our tech. Yes. Mm, got it. Okay. And uh, you pay a driver like a daily uh, amount, like per day worked, or is it like per delivery mid? Uh, so
1: it is mostly on a paper per delivery model.
0: But in some cases, in certain cases, we
1: give them a fixed minimum uh, guarantee also. So that which motivates them for the number of hours that they log in.
0: So, uh, like, you know, what is uh, the uh, lifespan of uh, an EV vehicle? Okay. Yeah, so an
1: electric vehicle
0: typically if
1: managed well,
0: then can run for seven to eight years.
1: But the batteries would need, one battery typically would last three to four years and then it will need a change of life, right? So essentially you'll need to invest 50% cost more to run it for 8 years but on a total cost of ownership if you look at an EV versus a petrol bike then it is roughly 30 to 40% cheaper what is tco sorry total cost of ownership
0: if you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. And uh, what was the source of? Uh, two, I mean, you know, were companies like Hero and all making two-wheelers at that time, or like where were you sourcing them from? yeah so hero was making right
1: but uh, and there were many oems right so we tested almost seven to eight oems in our journey right uh, uh, we the good part is that since we were expanding and with good volumes uh, after the initial few months and they were also expanding with, with very limited ev orders at that time we became one of the biggest buyers for these oems right whoever would give us the best price the best quality and the best service we would shift our tide towards them right and we had strong slas strong contracts that we used to start signing up with the oems right uh, so so um, yeah so we tied up with the the largest oems with the right slas and that is what is it's you know some fueling our expansion we have back-to-back you know investors who came come to us and they lock in the money that we want to invest and we want to get the return So that pipe is already sorted. Uh, The pipe of EVs are already sorted. Financing is sorted. Business, there's no dearth of business, you know, in what we are doing. Essentially, it's full of nationally. We can expand if you want. Today, we can grow 50x in the next, you know, 10 months, Uh, um, you know, given, um, you know, we push the button of expansion, uh, right? And, uh, yeah, the only thing that we are solving for is the supply of the vehicles, right? That has to come forward, which is where we are also booking, you know, additional orders of next 5,000 scooters so that they, you know, 500 to 600 keep getting delivered every month. right? That is where we stand. And we work with the best people now. From the 7 to 8, we now cut down to only two OEMs who give us the Zip, um, you know, vehicle in the way that Zip wants it with the right spec, right battery, right technology.
0: Okay. So it's like a custom-made uh, yeah, design for you? It is. Okay. 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 So which OEMs do you source from currently, like the the top two that you've identified?
1: So I can name one, which is Hero is our biggest OEM at the moment.
0: And how does it cost you 50000 when, I mean, Ola scooter is, I think, some 90000 or something like that, no?
1: Yeah, I know. So I think, uh, so 50000 was the cost at that time. Today, it will be slightly more because we go with, you know, better configuration. But still, you know, there's a huge government subsidy which comes along, right? Uh, that's one. There's a good state subsidy also, which is coming along, right? Which is bringing the people cost down. And that is the good part that I want to talk about government. The government is incentivizing the EV adoption. There's from their side also, right? They care for EV as much as we care for EV, which is why we don't have to do any marketing. Our job is done uh, but with the right, you know, channels from the government side. So yeah, so that's how the cost. So there's a uh, national subsidy, which brings a 1 lakh scooter down to about 60-65. And then there's a state subsidy, which brings a 65 vehicle down to
0: 50. Okay. Is there a configuration difference also between your uh, what you're currently procuring and what Ola is selling or broadly similar?
1: There will be a little, there will be a little change because we don't go beyond a 50 kilometer speed. That's good for our, you know, drivers. We don't have to race with anyone or, you know, showcase. We want something which is tech enabled, which is our technology enabled, customized for us, having the right sensors that we want, um, you know, in the vehicle and, you know, rugged. We don't want a fancy, cute looking bike. We want a rugged bike, which will last forever.
0: What kind of sensors do you require in the bike? Oh, we put a lot of them. We put, you know, the throttle
1: sensor, the the driver pattern sensor, the wheel uh,
0: sensor, the the GPS tracker. What do each of these do? Like, just help me understand.
1: Oh, this this is this is bringing more data and analytics into how we optimize the usage of vehicle better. How to how to utilize it better. So it gives us all those triggers that which vehicle will need maintenance now, which vehicle is running fine now, which needs to be driven well, which spare parts we need to collect, you know, when to immobilize the vehicle, when to, you know, all of that is sitting in-house, when to change the battery, when to charge the battery, all those things are technical.
0: I mean, what exactly is like a throttle sensor or a driver uh, seat sensor? Like, what what are these exactly? Like, just... Huh. So these are, um, you know, these are things which uh, help us educate the driver better because EV
1: is different, right? EV, if you just race like this, it will reduce the efficiency of the EV. So there's an education that goes that EV has to be slowly, you know, grown to the speed and then it has to be optimized, not at a full speed, but at a slow speed. So that is the throttle sensor, which is part of the education process.
0: So that sensor tells you that uh, how much uh, the driver is throttling, Okay. Hmm. what else what are the other sensors like the other
1: sensors um, so we have all the data coming in from the battery the bms you know in terms of the temperature um, in terms of uh, state of charge state of health how many cycles the batteries have driven? When to charge it? How much range is left in the battery? Because see, a battery has a number of cycles, right? If you charge it daily three times a day, you are actually killing the battery, which is why we incentivize the guys to charge it at the right time, not just keep charging it every
0: time. So uh, what do you see as your roadmap? Uh, you know, where would you be in, say, 2025? Okay, so 2025,
1: I think we would possibly be the largest EV uh, as a service company in the country and beyond, you know, we might possibly be in a few more countries, right? By 2025, we would surely be much beyond a unicorn, right? Uh, Is what I can say. And yeah, creating the right disruption. Hmm.
0: What are the problems that you are solving currently? Like, you know, in terms of to help the business scale, what are those challenges that are on your radar right now that these are the next few problems to solve? Yeah,
1: yeah. Now the biggest one. Uh, see, our mission of Zip is mission zero emission, right? That's our tagline. And that's what we live by and thrive by within, you know, everyone uh, works for that, right? And when we have that as a motto, then things are organically happening, you know, the brands are organically coming, our tasks are organically aligned, our focus is already aligned that we need to build the infra we need to solve you know stuff but yes the biggest challenge if you ask me would be the supply right how these OEMs can pick up uh, to do more vehicles because we want
0: a lot more and i think that the entire ecosystem of the OEM side has to build up strong okay what about charging infrastructure is that a problem today or not really
1: we are solving it at the moment ourselves right we have created our own charging swapping systems And we are, you know, putting them on ground ourselves uh, because it's a chicken and egg, right? There are no large charging companies at the moment. And it is we have a we have a creative way in in which we've solved it actually right and, and it is working very well
0: what is the way that you've solved it i i, I share <laughs> that proprietary information yeah. <laughs> yeah okay okay but you have like some rented kiosk type locations where you've put up a like a charging station yeah, we put
1: up, put up a lot of charging stations around the city right uh, we we put them up in our partner hubs also we decentralize it in a lot lot more ways
0: possible so that it gives driver comfort and uh, so a new city launch would essentially mean that you would first build a charging infrastructure in that city and then launch like that would be how you would expand
1: yeah, yeah, but but frankly, it's uh, yeah. That is the right way to expand, and that is how we
0: essentially do, right? But but since
1: ours is a hub and spoke model, usually, right? So hubs become the partner hubs of our customers, uh, which is a growers or a big basket, which is usually you know where at one hub 40, 50 drivers can work. So I don't have to paint the city green, right? I I can start from one portion of the city and then grow from there. Mm, okay. And how many cities are you in today? We are in nine cities. B- which all? Okay. So, uh, we are uh, in Bangalore, Hyderabad, Mumbai, Pune. These are our new cities rather. And Delhi, Gurgaon, Noida, Gajibad, Faridabad have been our old cities.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. Cool. Amazing. So, uh, I guess I don't have any further questions. I think we are more or less done with what, yeah. Okay. So one last question. So your, uh, you know, how is it different having a co founder who's also your wife as opposed to most other startups where, you know, co founders are like two guys who work together in college or something like that? Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, the way that we work is quite interesting, right? We have a great
1: comfort factor with each other and also, you know, a lot of contradictory views, which help the business, is what I can say, right? while we are, uh, you know, a couple, but we think very differently, right? And that actually has helped us, you know, remain uh, sane to build this business is what I can say, right? Because uh, as I said, you know, uh, vanity plus sanity and humanity is what we are into, right? And then that's a good mix. Uh, That's that's coming along. But yeah, I think uh, the, the only caveat is that, it's only business that we are talking all the time, right? Because since we are both into this, we are just, you know, the life is all about business. So the good thing is that sometimes when we meet the team folks and we share a view and then they say, you have got a of discussions about time. Jata hai. <laughs> 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 you have uh, <laughs> 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 You got a new strategy. Out. Yeah, which helps also uh, essentially the business. But yeah, I mean, we are enjoying it quite a lot.
0: If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in for a complete list of all our shows. Before, Before we end the episode, I want to share a bit about my journey as a podcaster. I started podcasting in 2020, and in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to interview more than 250 founders who are shaping India's future across sectors. If you also want to speak to the best minds in your field and build an enviable network, then you must consider becoming a podcaster. And the first step to becoming a podcaster starts with Zencaster, which takes care of all the nuts and bolts of podcasting from remote recording, to editing, to distribution, and finally monetization. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash That's zen.ai slash founder thesis.